Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. If you feel we provide value to you, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, share, whatever it may be. And if you'd like for us to cover a specific topic, let us know in the comments or reach out to us through our website. Today, we have a very special guest, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. And we are live. Dave, thank you very much for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Gabe. How are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Um, to get us started, why don't you tell everyone listening and watching who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in real estate in the first place. My name's Dave. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, that's a different, <laughs> that's a different podcast. It's a different one. Different one. That's a different one. I forgot which podcast I was on. Yeah, Dave Seymour. You know, some of your viewers, listeners might recognize me from, uh, from the hit TV show, Flipping Boston on the A&E Network. Uh, had a nice run with that. That was a lot of fun. Um, I've, I've done a lot of stuff, Gabe. I mean, my company is called Freedom Venture Investments. And uh, we're a private equity firm today, but uh, I've done, it was funny, we were talking before we went live, some of your other guests that you've, you've had, and you know, one was a developer, one was a fund manager, one was a buy, fix, and flip. Uh, yes, tick all of those boxes in my <laughs> career. So yeah, Dave Seymour, Flipping Boston, Freedom Venture Investments, how you doing? Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so I like to start the show. Um, with learning how, you know, the very first thing that, that got you into real estate, you know, um, as investors, we always, it's always like just the most random things that, that really started us down the path. Um, so kind of take us to, you know, however many years ago, um, did, did maybe you just kind of like walk down the street and you saw someone be flipping you're like, Hey, what are you doing? Or, or how did you really get into the, get into the game yeah. in the first place? I wish I wish it was that way, man. I really do. Um, you know, I'm up in Boston now, so I have a little bit of a Boston accent. But I'm actually uh, I'm actually an immigrant to this country. Don't tell anyone. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm a naturalized citizen, carry a U.S. passport. But I, I came from from England. I was uh, born in London. I was raised in the south of England. I immigrated back in 1986. And um, you know, to, to keep the long story short, I, I was very good at following the, the financial plan that was laid out by my father and his father before him, right? Which was really trade time for money, you yeah. know? And, and if all you do is trade time for money and you want to up your financial game, you're screwed, blued, and tattooed, brother. I mean, you, the, yeah. you know, there's a ceiling on time. Um, and um, you couple that with uh, financial illiteracy. Like I, I, and I referred to myself as a financial donkey back then. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't understand money. I didn't understand how to invest capital. And um, 2006 and a half, seven, around that area, um, I was about $70,000 in unsecured debt. Um, I was losing uh, my house. Um, and at that moment in my life, I was, a, I was a firefighter and a paramedic. I worked in the city of Lynn, Massachusetts. And um, I was probably working about 120 hours a week. Wow. Uh, yeah. Firefighting, uh, work construction as all firefighters do on their days off <laughs> and, um, retail security brother nights and weekends. I was wow. Parker's police. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was kind of crazy. But anyway, I was, uh, I was hurting, man. I mean, it was costing me a marriage. Uh, it was costing me a relationship with my now oldest boy, 20, 24 Robert. But, um, I heard a commercial on the radio 
and it was Teach Me Foreclosure, a free one-and-a-half-hour seminar coming to your neck of the woods. <laughs> right? So and you're I the guy. Those. You're the guy they got. Yeah, I'm the guy they got. And they got me too. You know, I, I tens of thousands of investment in my education in 2007, early 2008. But you know what was different, man? The education wasn't that good. I'm going to be frank with you. It wasn't that good. Um, but what I figured out that day was is I started to learn some, some financial nuggets that um, I'd never heard anybody talk about any, any, uh, before. And they, they told me that debt was good. And I'm like, what? Yeah, debt was good. Debt was a tool. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's a tool in your toolbox, buddy. It's not a tool in mine. I go in the bank and they tell me to leave, you know? Um, but I heard, you know, trading time for money is dead. I heard that, uh, you know, college education may not be the number one vehicle to financial freedom. And, uh, you know, my, my brain started ticking over, man. And anyway, I, um, I did what they told me to do. Um, I bought 20 plus $7,000 worth of, 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 uh, accountability that day i believe and you know what i mean and uh you know it started from there my very first transaction was a was a wholesale deal okay i made five thousand dollars that that's funny that seems to be the number that was that's how much i made on my first wholesale deal i feel like everybody five grand their first deal is five thousand that's what you make dude i i've got this check in my hands for five grand and it was made out to my company and um I didn't own the building, and I remember le- leaving the attorney's office, and I stepped out onto the sidewalk, and I was waiting to hear 5-0. Like, <laughs> it, felt, it felt illegal, dude. Think about, yeah. think about what some people are doing to earn $5,000, right? How many hours do they trade? How much time away from family? And, um, you know, it was legal, dude. <laughs> It was legal, and I took it to the bank, and the check didn't bounce. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I think I'm going to do it again. Looking behind your shoulder and making sure. Yeah, dude, play. I was looking over my shoulder. I was waiting for the big black sedans to pull up. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how it started, and it was funny. And then and then the market crashed, Oof. and the market crashed, and it's like – and I used, a, I used a philosophy then that I've kind of used ever since, and it was – I call it a firefighter mentality. When everybody else went rushing out, as firefighters, we go rushing in. And I thought about real estate the same way. When everybody gets on a bandwagon and they say, oh, this is the best thing ever. Come on, everybody. Yeah, ask some questions. And uh, that, that philosophy hasn't, uh, hasn't hurt me so far, right? So far. So, yeah, man, that's, that's where it started. And that was almost 12 years ago. Awesome. There are a lot of, uh, of good nuggets in there. So I'm just going to uh, recap real quick for everybody. So it sounds like, you know, you got started in life in, UK, in the UK over there and you came over in 1986, 2006. Um, you were 70,000 in debt. You were losing your house. Um, you were working multiple jobs, firefighter, paramedic, construction, security, like all, I mean, it sounds like you're just working yourself to the bone um, while still being in debt and losing money, losing your house. Um, at that time, you heard somebody on the radio, they were just talking about this real estate thing, investing in notes. Um, and so you decided to take your first, your first foray down in the path of, um, you know, real estate education. Um, you know, they taught you debt is good, which is very counterintuitive to what a lot of people, sure. you know, grow up um, learning about. 
Um, and so you, you started, you kept going down that path. You learned a little bit more um, and you, st- you decided to do a wholesale deal. You did your fr- first wholesale deal, $5,000, which is exactly how much everybody <laughs> gets on their first wholesale deal. Um, I think it's in the manual. It's yeah. in the manual. Your first deal, five grand. Exactly. And, uh, you know, you didn't go to prison. You realized it was a, it was a legal thing. Um, and so 2008 crash happened um, and you decided to zig when everyone else was zagging and, and yeah. you decided to jump in um, after that point. So kind of what's happened since then, um, you've been, sounds like you've been doing pretty much everything, investing in single family, multifamily, commercial, um, you have a fund. So what's your main bread and butter um, today? Yeah. Yeah. Great questions, man. Um, you know, real estate is cyclical, Gabe. It, it always has been. You know, if, um, if you really want to predict what real estate is going to do, you can. All you have to do is look behind you, you know, but you don't look back 30 days or 60 days. You look at a 20 year or 20, 24 year cycle. And, um, you know, my, my career started, like I said, with the, with the buy, fix and flips. And we did a ton of those. Uh, we were recognized for, uh, for, for our professionalism and our execution. We did the TV show. And along the way, I think there's a natural progression uh, with real estate. Um, some people deny the progression. Some people embrace it. Uh, I've embraced it. You know, I'm, I don't mean to diminish for anybody who loves flipping houses, but flipping houses is a flipping pain in the assets. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree. Um, <laughs> they don't get my heart rate up. Um, they just look chunks of change are nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a job, right? If I don't flip a house, I don't get paid. So I learned very quickly the power of positive cash flow through, through buy and hold, um, nice portfolio up to about 50 or 60 units at one point up in, uh, Sanford, Maine of all places, which is a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a rough little area. It's not, uh, it's not, um, (laughs) <laughs> it's not some of the nicer parts of Hollywood, but, um, you know, it was, it was labor intensive, but you know, I, I structured it nicely in the sense that I had a business partner. My partner did all the property management and dealt with the, uh, with some of the, uh, Jerry Springer tenants that walked the face of the earth. Uh, you know what I mean? So, but you know, you learn, you learn the power of letting money and real estate go to work for you rather than you going to work for the money. Right. Um, and that, uh, you know, that took me to some great places. Uh, I was blessed to share education spaces with some of the biggest names in, in, in the education space. I've shared stages with, um, Damon John from Shark Tank. Um, you know, I, I, I worked, I worked an event and shared some experience in front of 16,000 Canadians one time up in Toronto on one stage. (laughs) A lot of Tony Robbins was yelled at you. Tony Robbins and Pitbull were the draws for that event. And there were, Pitbull comes on stage, man. And he's got, he's got all of his, all of his Latino lovelies doing their (laughs) thing, singing his songs. And my wife came with me and. I go out front and we're shaking our, our booty uh, at this event. And then I, I, I look around and there's 16,000 Canadians. And if you've got any Canadian viewers or anybody from Canada, here's this. I'm just telling you what I saw. And what I saw was 16,000 people who really didn't have a lot of rhythm, man. It was, it was hard to see 16,000 Canadians dancing, dancing like my father. I tell that. <laughs> That's hilarious. is a giggles. But, you know, it, it, it was good. And, and then today we, uh, we just went through a little bit of a challenge, as many people have had on a serious note, with, with COVID. Um, yeah. 
at the beginning of this this year, 2020, you know, we all had a lot of high hopes, right? We had a lot of aspiration financially, socioeconomically, culturally. I mean, everything was was moving in a positive direction. Uh, politics aside, right? It was moving in a, in a in a positive direction, and we were in the process of putting together a hard money lending business. Hmm. Because I'm so proficient in buy, fix, and flip, that gives me the skill sets to be proficient in the capital for for that investment strategy. And um, we had probably about fifteen million dollars in what we call the pipe, ready to get funded out to uh, to our investors all across the country. And uh, COVID hit uh, because of the way our funding was structured. All of the loans that we originated were actually purchased by Wall Street, the secondary tertiary financial markets. And when COVID um, did what it did to our economy, everybody who had a tolerance for risky uh, investments, which is really what they are, they're what's called non-QM, they're not owner-occupied, Wall Street said, no, we're good. We don't want any more of these. And that that eliminated the business model. Um, you know, true entrepreneurs will will take take a beating, and then they get back up. Uh, entrepreneurs take a beating and don't get back up again. Right? <laughs> yep. Oh, that didn't work, and then they walk away. Um, so you know, the the we we stepped back, we looked, and we said, you know what? What was the challenge with that business model? And it was the fact that the the, the capital control was not in our hands. Because we needed to be able to sell the mortgages that we originated for us to keep on originating mortgages. So we stepped back and said, okay, so how about we control the capital? Well, what does that look like? I don't have $100 million in my bank account. I wish I did, but I don't, right? And even if I did, it wouldn't be sitting in my bank account. It would be going to work. Um, So um, I connected with uh, a very dear friend of mine, plus my business partner, Eric Wilson, a gentleman by the name of Walter Novicki. Walter has probably done about 120 million in um, what are called syndicated uh, commercial deals in multifamily um, down in the uh, Florida market, Gulf Coast, Fort Myers, all up that side. That's the uh, Northeast money goes goes south goes southwest, right? <laughs> southwest Florida. And um, he called me up out of the blue and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "You know, we got some challenges." He said, "Timing is perfect." And um, we have now a uh, private placement memorandum for what is called a hybrid fund. It's a private equity fund. Uh, We're raising $100 million. And our business um, plan is to um, purchase multifamily assets in that region with what we call a um, a value add, but a light value add. You know, it it has categories attached to it, which are Mm. too detail-oriented for this, but we're in a category of acquisition where we will buy 40 to maybe 120 unit apartment complex um, with upside potential in rents and some light renovations and then execute out of those um, in a six-year exit plan. Um, And our investors are um, looking to get our targeted returns of what's called an IRR or an internal rate of return of 18%, 18 to 20% plus. That's good, uh, and we can only put that on our on our paperwork uh, based off of SEC compliance, and then also our past past performances. So think about it, brother. Twelve years ago, I get a check for five grand. Twelve years later, I'm one of three fund managers, you know, managing a hundred million dollar private equity fund investing in the Gulf Coast of Florida. How you doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> I love my teachers it. in school would never believe me if i told them that but. yeah it's amazing what uh what the trajectory of a real estate career can do um yeah. so that's awesome so i mean 2008 crash happened um so you you were doing fix and flips um it sounds like you got 50 units up in maine why did you choose uh, to invest in maine when you were living so far yeah, away? great question so if anybody understands commercial real estate commercial real estate is is purchased based off of three numbers really it's called a cash on cash return or a capitalization rate is another number we identify and then the debt service coverage ratio does the, does the property qualify for a bank loan we identified that Sanford, Maine, um, I could purchase um, multifamily assets up there um, for around like the market trade, if you will, what they would regularly sell at was anywhere between a, a 10 to a 12 cap or 10 to 12% return. That's really so good. So when we went in there, I was able to identify properties and some of them, we were, we were taking them down at like a 16 or an 18 cap on the buy side. That's then great. With the, with the little bit of renovations. You put those in a spreadsheet. I mean, I, I just liquidated out of about 90% of that portfolio and more than doubled doubled their value on, on sale in less than five years, four or five years. So, you know, that, that's, that's redonkulous, dude. You start looking at those numbers and you go, oh, my God, I'm waiting for the cops again. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting that same sensation. <laughs> that check so good. but bigger. <laughs> that $5,000 check is now. One of the guys who, uh, who was a, a mentor to me in the, in the multifamily arena 10 years ago, he used to say to me, it's just zeros, Dave. It's just zeros. It's the same amount of work. If you can take your, your blue collar mentality and put it over there and bring a white collar, you know, thought, a blue, he used to say to me, a blue collar attitude in a white collar world. He said, Brit, you know, he said, it's just zeros. It's just zeros. Yeah. And, um, you know, I never forgot that. And I, I don't want to oversimplify it. Obviously, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a thousand layers of work that needs to be done to support that kind of thought process. But, you know, I, I like to keep it simple. You know what I mean? I don't like to overcomplicate it. Does the deal make sense? Do the numbers make sense? Can I do what I say I'm going to do to that property? If I can say yes to all of those, I'm buying it. And my investors love the fact that I, I buy like that. Absolutely. You know, I don't no analysis, paralysis, none of that stuff. Let's execute. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it if you're not going to spend the money and actually invest, you know? Yep. Yep. You just got to find the right deal. And I mean, you're absolutely right to, to a degree. Um, it doesn't really matter how large the property is. Real estate is real estate. Transactions are transactions. And there isn't necessarily that much more effort um, when, when you're adding zeros onto the equation. Um, so I love that. Um, so it sounds like during COVID, COVID happened, you were, you were starting this hard money business, um, but COVID happened. And so you decided to pivot. Um, and now you, you've opened a fund, 40, you're investing in 40 to 120 unit um, multifamily uh, properties um with a six-year exit and an 18 percent irr so congratulations targeted. make sure you say the word targeted 18 percent targeted irr not guaranteed and um, we will that's right we will underline that one <laughs> right. um yeah that that is awesome that brings us up to current day um i i mean i love the i love the trajectory um i'm gonna pivot just a little bit actually wait i'm gonna go back one step um you've done a whole bunch of different types of deals um yeah. the one thing that i like to ask every person that comes on here um, is how you find the deals um, in this, this environment that we're in right now, you know, deal, sure. deal flow um, can be difficult for many investors. And so what is the best tool, the best 
thing that you do um, to to bring the those deals that are high cap rate, you know, sixteen plus. Um, what are the the activities that you do to actually generate those leads? Yeah, that's a great question as well, man. And I've been asked that many times. I would love to 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 be untruthful, right? <laughs> I would love to be untruthful and say, you know, I have the most automated, systematized direct mail and online marketing processes that the world has ever. <laughs> I would love to tell you that. And there are some guys out there that have, have been able to build fantastic businesses around those marketing strategies. I'm not that guy. You know, for me, it's a little bit different. Hey, that's Dave Seymour, right? From the national TV show. Flip. I saw you on CNBC. I saw you on the Today Show. I saw you on Squawk Box, right? Um, I just had a, a conference before we did our call with, uh, with a couple of gentlemen and you know, we're talking about putting together. I'm always being asked about, do you want to do another show, right? And they were saying to me, well, you know, what was the true upside potential of the show? It was, it was, it was acknowledgement. It was being recognized. It was being sought out. So a lot of my deals were inbound rather than outbound. However, here's the truth of the matter. The underlining um, flow, if you will, is real simple. It's the network. Who, who do you know? And who knows what you do? Yep. Right? That's, that's the magic right there. I'm recognized as a national expert in real estate investing, both in fund management all the way down to single family, don't get my heart right up, buy fix and flippers, right? I'm recognized for that. And the, the hard part for a lot of newer investors and even some established investors is deal flow. Now, I understand automation and online automation. I get it. Um, but if you don't understand that game, you can get crucified by SEO guys who will charge you an arm and a leg with no results and you've got, you've got nothing to, you know, I've been down that road. Um, I'd be lying to you if I said it was easy, but I'd also be lying to you if I said it didn't work. It does work, but it requires consistency. It requires an allocation of capital to marketing. You know, our budget for marketing is north of probably fifteen, twenty thousand dollars uh, for this fund, and that's with national recognition. But you know, I, I want to identify and target who my avatar is. And then dial it into them. And if and if you know, and if an investor can really work that magic, then uh, their lead flow is a lot better, for sure. I love it. That's not very helpful, but it's the truth. No, no, it's it's great. So it sounds like I mean, obviously you were you were um, buoyed a little bit by your um, your national recognition being on the on the TV show. Um, sure. You know that that helps out obviously a lot. It's a lot of recognition. Um, but then also relationships, um, you mentioned relationships, having a big network is really helps bring in those, those lead flows. And then also, um, I mean, it's not your bread and butter, but the, but having a marketing system, um, putting the dollars out there to work for you, um, kind of helps bring those leads in as well. Yeah. I'll I'll give you an example of, of how powerful the right person can be in any marketing scenario. So when we put the fund together, I'll give you an example. When we put the fund together, um, we were beginning to have some conversations between myself and my, my partner, Eric, the younger guy from, um, Eric Wilson is from, uh, Fidelity. Basically, um, he worked within the, the financial, um, Fidelity structure, young guy. Um, he, he's, he's funny, man. He, um, he's a computer science major at the same time. So you've got finance and computer, you know, making him. And when yeah. those two are and financial and, and, and computer science are, are, are getting a little smoochy. Magic happens. 
And um, Eric has those skill sets. Not only does he have them, he has them at an incredibly high level. The ability to to build automation, the ability to 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 run Excel spreadsheets like a like a ninja is is incredible. But anyway, to give an example of marketing and strength and the right person, we're having a conversation with our other partner Walter, um, our chief uh, investment officer in Florida, and um, we're talking about who who are we going to target for capital? We want the right people in. And Walter was saying, um, you know, the, these family um, offices is what they're called, basically. So it's very typical in, in our country to have a family that has a lot of capital, well-known families, right? Oh, yeah. So they might sit on 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe $100 million, and then they have a representative that invests their capital for them, whether stocks, oh. bonds. So as we're having this conversation, and Walter says we, we should be able to reach out to as many family offices as we can with the caveat of the guy from the TV show, me, right, come in the fun, blah, 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 blah. This is early in our conversation. Eric says to Walter, check your email. Walter checks his email, and there's a spreadsheet on there. He opens it, and Walter says, what the hell is this? He said, oh, I just wrote some code, and we scraped the internet for everything that matched our, our criteria. I'm like, what? Nice. And Walter's like, I think we should do some business together. I'm not sure what it looks like, but that, <laughs> that guy's with us, right? That's, that's a skill mining. set, brother. Right? Yep. That, and then some nice video, some drip campaigns with emails, some automation, social media overlapping. I mean, it's, it, can be, it can be a pretty big, big ship to, to steer. So, yeah, get the right people around you. Magic happens. I love it. All right, um, we, well, I'm going to transition us into the end of the show. Um, before we do, though, I, I would be remiss if I did not ask about the show that you did, um, you know, back in the day, um, Flipping Boston. So sure. you did that, it sounds like eight years. Just, I, I know I, we don't want to go into this too much, um, but just tell us, you know, how was that? How'd you get started and just, you know. Yeah, I, I look, man, you, could, you can find episodes of, uh, all the episodes of Flipping Boston right now on Amazon Prime. Coming you to go. you directly from Jeff Bezos. Uh, <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime right now. Look, I, I, never, I never intended to, to, to do that. It wasn't like that, that was a goal. Um, I, was, I was working um, in the education space. I was teaching what I, what I was doing. I was teaching it for other guys as well as myself. And somebody sent me a link in 2010, maybe around there, um, and they said that uh, there was a production company in New York that was looking for new talent. And I sent in an online application and I loaded it with profanity. I'm not going <laughs> to say the words that I put in there on this show, but I'm telling you, you know, I make Gordon Ramsay look like a little schoolgirl. Uh, the amount of profanity I used in this thing. And I did it because I wanted to get recognized. What did I, what did I have to lose? Stand out. And, um, you know, they called from New York. They, they, they said, you're either crazy or a genius when they read my thing. Within minutes, they called me. Oh, wow. I hung up on them, actually. I said, don't, you're wasting my time. You know, <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. Get off the phone. And they came out. They shot a little demo. Um, A&E Network said to the production company, that big Englishman looks like he could get a little angry. Uh, we'd like to see more of that. <laughs> and uh, you know we did three shows and we were the highest rated um lifetime programming segment for a and e there was a couple of million people dialed in and said these guys are good 
And I thought to myself, America isn't that stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Look, we, we figured it was nothing. And then it, it wasn't nothing. Um, we did an episode right around the, uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. We were filming oh, wow. in East Boston with a gentleman by the name of Jermaine Wiggins. It was a tight end for the New England Patriots. New England Patriots. Um, you know, Wiggy came and did an episode with us and, you know, we, we did a lot of good work. We helped some people, um, and it was great for business, but you know what? It, it sucked. Yeah. Having a camera up your tushy 24 seven, walking through the same door 10 times to get the right shot. You know, when we first started, everything was pretty, you know, on the money. If something went wrong, it really went wrong. And, um, you know, it got a little, you know, you bend reality a little bit, especially when they want 15 episodes a season or whatever it was, you know? So, plus we didn't do lick and stick, baby. I mean, no lipstick on a pig with daddy. You know what I mean? I'm ripping it a new, uh, ripping it a new rear end and making a beautiful home out of them. So they didn't, they didn't move fast enough, but it was a blessing and it was a curse and it was a blessing and a curse and a blessing and a curse, depending on which day you got up, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I have a, a couple friends um, who do flips, and they've been they've been trying to get their own show. Um, and I Run I away. always thought like that sounds like more hassle than it's worth, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. It does sound yeah. like a lot of fun though, and so um, I'm sure all the viewers appreciated you doing it at least. Yeah, we had a good time with it, man. We did. Um, but yeah, it, look, everything has its day, right? I'm not cool anymore. Now they <laughs> dig me up, uh, dog the bounty hunter. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, they look for these old reality TV, as long as they don't do an episode of where's Dave from flipping Boston and they find me under a bridge in Eastie or something like that. As long <laughs> as that doesn't happen, I should be, all right. I should be all right. You know? Awesome. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to transition us into the end here. Um, I want to hear just one more story from you though. Um, we all know real estate. It is a roller coaster. Um, if you're in it long enough, you, you get bottoms, you get tops. Um, so just real quick summarize. Um, take us to one of the valleys that you've experienced, you know, sure. one of the, one of the, um, you know, the lower points, and then just give us the the lesson that you learned from that. Sure. Sure. Um, people ask me, you know, which, which was your worst deal ever? And I, I'll be direct with you, man. It was prior to being educated. Um, long story short, I had an attorney who was a friend parenthesis and I went to him and I said, you know, look, buddy, I said, I, I know how to do construction. You're an attorney. Maybe if you find the money, I find the deal. We could put something together. What do you think? He said, yeah, sounds good, Dave. You know, sounds like a plan. I found a two-family property in Lynn, Massachusetts, late 2006, early 2007. Um, it, had a, um, it had a gentleman in it. The place was, was, was rough, man. I mean, the, the, the sanitary wasn't, wasn't in play. There was water wasn't working, and yet there was an older gentleman living in there. Anyway, long story short, um, the attorney says, yeah, I'll get you a hard money loan on there for 125000 which was the purchase price of the property. He said, we'll put it in your wife's name. I'm like, okay, what do I know? I'm a financial donkey. See, you, I see your reaction to that. I'm like, it's my friend. I trust him. And um, we get a loan for 125000 and then we can't get the old guy to move out of there because he's a disabled veteran. And then that goes through one month, two months, three months, four months, five months. And then the market changes and we go into, right? And we go into a crash. Oof. And then I was in the firehouse and my wife called me and um, she was crying her eyes out because the sheriff's department had just um, served her with, uh, with subpo- uh, paperwork for a foreclosure on this asset because Oof. the attorney had never paid one single payment to the oh, hard money. Man. 
Jeez. And not only did I get intelligent after that real quick, um, the hard money lender had to take back the asset because I was still in debt up to my eyeballs, number one. But then number two, I learned how to read contracts. And it wasn't a $125,000 loan. It was a $150,000 loan. Oh, took off man. with another twenty five. So listen to me, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, get <laughs> some freaking education because I learned that lesson for you. Now, this many years later, you know, know. I'm almost like a, an advocate for, for, for everybody who invests with me, man, because I know there are sharks in the water. I know that the, the, the scumbags out there, man, they're looking for an opportunity to hurt, not help. And I think that real estate is a fantastic chance to help and not hurt. So that's my, that's my thing, man. That's me. Yep. <laughs> so you, it sounds like you got into a deal. You got, you got swindled essentially um, by a partner who you thought you could trust. Um, yeah. I mean, the big lesson there, you said it yourself, you, you got to read contracts, you got to know that, but also, um, you, you really have to know who you're getting into bed with. Um, sure. I mean, you said it yourself, relationships are everything. Um, so only deal with people who have high, the highest integrity possible. Um, I love it. So, you know, you learn those lessons you've gone through, you, you know, you're back on the other side, you're back on top. Um, tell us you, you're at the, the peak of the hill here. You're at the mountaintop. Yeah. Why, what gets you out of bed? Um, why do you still love real estate? Yeah, dude. That's a great question. I, I'm having fun. Are you having fun? I'm, <laughs> I'm loving this. it. I'm loving it. I'm talking about me. It's my favorite subject and I'm not even Californian. Um, <laughs> that was unnecessary. I just took a swipe <laughs> at the Californians. You know why? Because I can. Because they're um, rhymes with Canadian. Mm. Yeah, Canadians and Californians. I love them all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Here's what gets me. Here's what gets me out of bed today. Um, I had a, a conversation with a um, with a with a doctor recently. Uh, I've formed a great relationship with him and his sons. I've, I've helped his boys uh, through some some real estate buy, fix, and flips right here. And um, you know, relationships are powerful things, man. When there's reciprocity, when there's decency, and there's integrity, magic happens. And um, we were talking the other day and he said, uh, you know, what's going on with your, your private placement memorandum? And I gave him the big picture because I haven't filled in all the details up until, you know, recently. And uh, he said, I like that. He said, you know what? A friend of mine is also a doctor um, at a practice in New York. And uh, uh, he was going to sell some his his products like he had. A, he was maybe a dermatologist or something. Anyway, long story short, this guy's going to be sitting on like 75, 80 million, right? And he said, um, you know, if I connect you with him, that would be a really good start for you. He said, you know what? I was thinking of putting an investment group together myself with a couple of other doctors. Because here's what's interesting, Gabe. We think of doctors and lawyers, right, and, and those, those high-earning high positions, right? And we think, oh, man, they, they must be styling and profiling, right? Well, guess what? They still have to go trade time for money to have those incomes. And when they look at what the stock market has done to them, COVID, post-COVID, the next move, I mean, it, the roller coaster of the stock market will always be. Um, and they don't have the time. And he's like, I would like to put maybe four or five of my doctor friends plus this other guy, you know, on a, on a webinar call with you going forward. That's exciting, man. That's exciting. That's exciting knowing I can help these guys and girls, first of all, right? Be of service first and the incomes follow, period. And again, it doesn't matter, man, whether it's 50 bucks or 5 million, right? 
I know that I can I can execute and perform based on past experience. That stuff excites me. It also scares me. It also scares <laughs> me. You don't want to fail. Failure is not an option. <laughs> exactly. It's not in my repertoire. When I hear no, I change it to a yes. Right? Exactly. You put one foot in front of the other and you're always moving forward. As soon as as soon as you're lateral and start going backwards, forget it. You're out of the game. Yep. It's always offense, brother. It's okay to breathe, pivot, and then move. It's not okay to stay there in lateral going, I don't know, right? Because people, people, Damon John said this to me. He said, the big boys are always watching. They're always watching you. They're always paying attention to what you're doing. So if you're giving off the, the right vibe, if you're moving forward, taking the action to, to grow and develop your business, that is exciting. That gets me going. I love it. I love it. So yeah, relationships, man. moving forward, taking action. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the same thing that does it for me. So, you know, same boat. Um, awesome. Well, hey, Dave, I really appreciate having you on the show today. Um, I know I can speak for everybody listening and watching um, that we appreciated the wisdom and the humor that you shared with us. Um, great story. So thank you. Um, you know, we all need to receive things as well. Um, so if you wanted to receive, if you were to receive something from somebody watching or, or, or listening, um, what would you want to receive? Be it. Yeah. Um, great you know, question. Um, look, let's, let's start a relationship. We don't know what that looks like. Right. Um, I'm all about the law of reciprocity. Um, so anybody who is listening and or watching can connect directly with us at freedomventure.com, www.freedomventure.com. Um, if you go to that website, you'll, uh, you'll see, um, my ugly mugs on there somewhere. Um, but on there, you, you'll see who we are. And if, um, if there's an interest in, in what we do, let's open up some dialogue. Um, it's not for everybody, brother. You know what I mean? It really isn't. And that's okay too. You know, um, we're very, uh, particular in who we invite into our, uh, our funds. Um, we turn away capital. You know, just because somebody has capital, it doesn't mean that they're a good fit for our fun. Um, I always know that the capital is moving. So if you want to have fun and put fun in funding, then, then come along with us. If you want pretentious and if you want stiff and white collar, no offense to the white collar world, it's just not me. I'm not going to be something we're not. So if you want to have some fun and be a part of something that's powerful, moving in the right direction, then reach out to us at freedomventure.com. And we'll, uh, we'll have a conversation. Perfect. And that's actually the last question. Best way to reach you. Is it freedom, freedomventure.com? Freedomventure.com. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from him himself. If you want to get in contact with Dave, reach out freedomventure.com. Um, so Dave, again, thank you for coming on. For everybody listening and watching, appreciate, ha appreciate having you here. Um, go ahead and give us a thumbs up, subscribe. We love uh, having you here. You guys are the audience, so we couldn't do this without you. Um, again, so we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share it with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. 
If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form, fill that out, and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.